Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham. Scott is back alongside, as always. Hello, Scott. Yes, Sean. You flew solo there. How did that feel? It was interesting. So that's two episodes. I, I made a joke at the end of the show. I don't know if you actually listened to it. But at the end, I said it was like the episode of Seinfeld that Kramer's not in. Right. Right. Or sorry, that George is that in. That George so is in. But it's actually more like the two episodes that Kramer's not in. <laughs> because uh, you because uh, i flew solo the one episode where you were in europe yeah and then last, last week, week as well so it's more like you're the the kramer and i'm the george because i've missed one show okay okay well uh from now on then if you want to have me not miss a or have me miss a show then i'm out that's it. <laughs> Rework my contract. You're pulling the Jason Alexander. If you write me out, write me out permanently. Move. You got it. You got it. <laughs> so we're back. This is part of our summer season. And one of the things that we've talked about a bunch, not as much on the show, but certainly amongst ourselves and amongst people at the Ottawa Curling Club where we play regularly, is how to improve the pace of play at the club level. It is a problem that games take too long and games are generally scheduled for two hours and eight ends. Yeah. But very rarely at the club level are eight ends played, even though two hours should easily be enough to it's, get to it's get in. more than enough time, Sean. Yeah. So we wanted to talk about some of the things that we've seen, not only at the Ottawa Club, but we've played at clubs across the country. Yeah. And a lot of these things come up regularly. And these aren't necessarily etiquette issues it is simply the efficiency with which you use the time available to you yeah yeah sean our our friends there at rocks across the pond did a cool episode about uh, etiquette and i'd urge everyone to go listen to that this is sort of building a bit on that but uh, like you say it's more strategies to employ for the club level curler to make sure you get your money's worth. Because if you're only playing seven ends every night, uh, you're not getting your money's worth. Yeah, and especially as, as new players too, or even like we've played for a long time, the shots, right? If you want to keep improving, mm-hmm. you want to throw more shots, you want to be involved in more ends, that helps you improve. And if you're slow playing, then you're not getting as much game in, and it could stunt your growth as a player. Exactly. You, reps is what it's all about yes. when, you're, when you're learning and... Uh, then when you get broken and old like me, uh, you know, fewer, you fewer, fewer reps, reps is okay. But yeah, you need the reps. And and I will say there is for sure one team that that we play in the league with that, uh, let's just say I hope they listen. Yeah, Dave Stally, we're looking at you, buddy. <laughs> um, it's painful. It's absolutely painful to play them. So a lot of the things might actually be drawn out of our experiences with that particular team. Interesting. Um, so, so the first thing I'll start off. My first thing mm-hmm. that I notice a lot is be ready to start the game when the game is scheduled to start. So, a lot of times I've found that if a game is scheduled say at seven o'clock, even if the ice is ready at ten two, people are still walking out at seven, 
and then doing the cool down of the sliders and shaking hands and coin toss and everything. So the game's not actually getting started to, you know, 7.04, 7.05. So you're losing four or five minutes right off the top of your game right there. Whereas if the sheet is empty, you should probably be out on the ice you're doing your slides and whatever at 6.55. Yes, right? yes. And be out there and just get ready to go. So this this lounging around in the clubhouse isn't ideal, right? Even if everyone's not there yet, a couple of people still in the locker room, you can still go out, do yeah. your little stretching routine, whatever it is you do before the game. But make sure that you're ready to go to throw the first stone of the game at the start time. Yes, the, the skips broom should be down uh, no later than five seconds after seven o'clock or whatever the assigned start time is. Yeah. And uh, you can also in that too, if the sheet is full, like if there's a game on before you, you can shake hands, you can do the coin toss behind, behind the glass. The glass yeah. You don't have to be on the ice to do those things. Yeah. And one of the problems that a lot of teams run into that I see is that, oh, we're playing the late draw. There's nobody after us. So it doesn't matter if the game takes a long time. Well, no, that's ridiculous. It's, it matters more. It, you know, if you're playing a 9 o'clock draw, even a 9.30 draw, you know, that's 11, 11.30 at night. And I used to work shifts, so it didn't bother me so much then. Now I think it would bother me where, uh, you know, I'm not here to stay up all night, uh, pl- like playing a game that doesn't really matter. Right. And we'll yeah. get to that. But uh, no, I'm I'm here to, to play and I, I want to get it get a good pace going and For sure. and even if oh there's nobody after us so we can take as long as we want no that's not fun yeah so so yeah so that's my first one be ready to go at the, the scheduled start time all right uh one of my things sean is like i just said this game doesn't really matter <laughs> like <laughs> at the end of the day you're not winning the briar by playing in uh club competition on Tuesday night or Thursday night or whatever, right? Right. As You're, I often say, my chances of making the briar are the same regardless of if I make the shot or not. Right. And so that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter. So when you're thinking about, oh, should we try this shot? Should we try that shot? You don't need to talk about it for more than two or three minutes, really. At the most. It, if you want to bring the third down to talk about it, sure. Everybody else, stay back. It's... uh when when you're calling strategy and you're trying to learn, I think you sort of watch the people on TV and they're better at making shots. So what I would say is like, like I say, it doesn't matter. You do the shot that you think your player has the better chance of executing if all things are equal. Yeah. And that's what I often say, because I've skipped in beginner leagues before and it's not necessarily what is the quote unquote correct strategic call. It's what the person is going to make or what the person has a chance to make. Mm-hmm. There's no point, and Nancy White will yell at me for saying this, but there's no point in calling shots through ports that people aren't going to make. Yeah. You have to call for what the person has a chance to make and what their skill set is. Not only because it will speed the game up, it also makes them feel better. Yeah, yeah. Right? If, it's, if you're catering stuff more to what they can do, they're going to have more fun. It's going to be a better experience for them, and they're going to keep coming back. So mm-hmm. why would you do anything else? Now, the flip side is, well, people should be able to practice different shots, and that's true, but that's why there's practice ice as right. well, right? right? In the game itself, you want to go out, you want to make shots. That's what you want. That's what all players want to do, feel good, go off. So 
right cater your strategy to that and and so a bit to this strategy point when you see senior leagues and all that stuff playing oh they're junking it up right draw draw come around come around yeah. because they can't throw it that hard for the most part right senior so, league scoreboards are the greatest thing in the world. If right? you it's... walk into a club at 2 o'clock and there was a morning <laughs> seniors draw, you look at the scoreboards and you wonder what, what? happened. They right. are amazing. And But but what the, the good part is, is that they know what they're going to call. Yeah. And so the players are ready for it and uh, the skip knows he can put the broom down for whatever shot, right? So uh, when I'm skipping, for example, I tend to call a lot of hits because I tend to play with people that can throw hits. Mm-hmm. And they're faster, they're faster to call, but my broom is down almost right away. And then I get mad if somebody's taking too long in the hack. So to your point, I guess you haven't brought that, that I haven't brought up, it up yet. yet. Uh, but then I can be like, hey, I'm, I'm ready. Why right. aren't you? Right. right. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think that's an interesting point too. They make the, the hits don't take as long just to throw. Yeah. Right. So a, yeah. a hit would probably be what 10, 11 seconds at the club level, maybe twelve. Yeah. Maybe. 12. And a, a draw is going to be looking at fifteen, sixteen seconds, roughly, and that time adds up over the course of an end. Sure. Right. Yeah. So they they don't take nearly as long to uh, to call and to throw. So that does help strategically as well. And for newer players, it keeps it open. It keeps it mm-hmm. not at, the angles aren't as difficult. It just makes it a better experience makes the the end of the end for the the last rock thrower a little simpler yeah for right. sure and and i'm not good enough for it to not be too simple right. <laughs> um so so i'll piggyback off what you said there the skip is ready to go you as the thrower should be ready to go yeah there is going to be from the time the player on the other team kicks out to the time the skip puts the broom down probably at minimum 20 seconds yeah, 20 to 30 yeah right that you're going to have so as soon as they're past the hog line and the stone is gone you have to be going to the hack getting your stone my my rule is for me the stone has to at least be cleaned before the other team's rock comes to rest yeah at minimum right and i'm usually in the hack ready to go uh, especially on a draw Right. I, I can just go straight away yeah. and throw without any problem. But at the very least, I think the rock should be cleaned, ready to go. And part of it, too, for me is if you have a routine, right? Coaches will say, do the same thing every time, yeah. have a routine, and that's fine. But if your routine is in the Jennifer Jones category of routines and you're a lead on Monday Rec... That's not good. Change your routine. Yes, change your routine. Uh, or if you are perhaps a second on a Monday and Thursday, maybe you should also change your routine. And this is just because if you do the math, if every player takes 10 seconds longer per shot, then they should. Mm-hmm. Or if everybody can cut down by, by 10 seconds, that's over 10 minutes in a game, yeah. in an eight-end game. And that could be the difference between between playing seven or eight ends sure. in a night. And that and 10 seconds doesn't feel like a lot, but if everybody does it, mm-hmm. it really does add up. So you have to be ready to go, especially as the front end, because your skip, hopefully, isn't going to take long to call the shot. Right. So, you know, in thinking time, the first eight stones of the end 
or at the very least the first six, shouldn't take more than 30 seconds. 30 seconds of your clock, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so this goes back a little bit to the strategy part, Sean. But if players know the strategy of their skip and it's very decisive and clear, they'll know to get in the hack and it'll sort of reinforce itself. You yeah. know what I mean? So if your skip is always waiting for you, you might feel like, oh, gee, I better hurry up. Right. Right. So it's the whole the whole system sort of uh, creating a feedback on itself. Like, like you're really fast. Yeah. And when I'm sweeping for you, I know that you might slide out before our skip has even put the broom down. Yes, I've been known to do that. Because you I know can, I can throw a, a, I can throw a center guard. Right. Because you know what, what he's going to call in, yeah. in the case of the first shot. Or even sometimes the second one. Maybe he'll call a come around. Maybe he'll call a guard. But he's you're, he's going to put the broom in a spot that you basically already know. Yeah. And the more that you play with the same team, you should know those kinds of things, yeah. right? What kind of calls uh, your skip makes. And so it becomes easier for you to mentally prepare for the shot if you basically already know what's coming. Right. So so that's the way that those two things sort of work together. Yeah, I, I agree. And and some of the pushback I've gotten a little bit when I've talked about this is the social aspect, right? Curling is at its core a social game. But what I would say is, you know, when we were kids, mm-hmm. we were golfing, people would always yell, um, you know, walk and talk at us. Like yeah. It was Robbie Greenwell's dad. Yeah. Like walk and talk. <laughs> right. And you can do the same thing while you're curling. Sure. Right. Like you can, as you're going to get your stone and you're cleaning it, you can talk and you can socialize. Like that's fine. Yeah. Just be doing something. Yeah. Yeah. As you're getting ready for your shot. Yeah. Of, of course. Of course. And what I would say to that is, well, if I get off the ice faster, there's more socializing that can be had uh, drinking yes, a beer. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. So just, you know, always be moving basically. The other benefit of that is, is if you're in a club that is particularly cold, you're not standing there for too long, right? Yeah. If, if both teams are efficient and getting in the hack and going, the only people who are going to be cold are the skips. Right. And, and the hell with them. <laughs> right? So, Well, the skips, if they're calling a game quickly, uh, maybe they won't be that cold. Hopefully. So, yeah, there, there's a lot of benefit to it. It just keeps the game in a good routine, too, or, or a yeah. good rhythm, excuse me. And it doesn't get boring. It doesn't get stagnant. Like. I, you know, for as much as I'll do it when the other team is talking or whatever, I'll look through the glass and see what the score of the <laughs> hockey or football game is. Yeah. But I'd rather just play. Yeah, for sure, for sure. When the other team is talking for too long, it's excruciating being on the ice. Yes. Where I, And to me, a lot of the time, it's pretty obvious uh, what they should do, but then they're still talking about it and talking about it. And it's like I said at the beginning, right? It's not the briar. You're not no. trying to play like a runoff, in-off, a triple takeout, something like that. Just play the shots that you know you can make. Yep. Go nuts. Yeah. Actually, one of my moves when the other team is going too slow, <laughs> so I have a, we, we both have the same sweater Yeah. Uh, that was our team uniform for our men's spiel. And usually by the end of the first end, I take it off. It's pretty heavy. Yeah. But when other teams start talking too much, I put it back on. That is my passive-aggressive move to say, hurry the hell up. And then one time, that didn't work, and it was the end of a draw. I walked across two sheets of ice and laid down on the bench. I was just, I was done with all the talking. Just pick up the pace. Pick up the pace, yeah. So, okay, we've talked a lot about uh, some strategies during the course of play. Yes, one of the things I want to mention, and I think this was mentioned by Rocks Across the Pond, uh, the rocks at the end of the end, Yep. if you're the skip, get down to the other yep. end. If you're the lead, 
and you know you're throwing first, get into the hack. Yep. Everybody else, push the rocks back. It doesn't matter what order you line them up in. Most people know how to read a number. If you're taking the same number every time, it should be fine. Yep. Don't don't spend hours getting the handles all pointed straight. You don't need to do it. It doesn't matter. Nope. Just hurry up. Lead getting the hack. Be ready to throw as soon as the skip puts his broom down. Yeah, 100%. And this is something that really does bother me as the lead that other leads don't do this. Just, yeah, get right in the hack. The other thing you can do too, I've, I, I've seen this before, where now it's, it can be dangerous, but what I like to do is all the stones that are in front of the house, like I'll start yeah. to move those out right away yeah, yeah, while yeah. the thirds are discussing. Like the don't scoring. don't kick anything in the house yeah. until the score is determined. Yeah. Right? But, but you can guards... start to pull guards out right away. Sure. Uh, don't touch anything in the house while you're doing it. Don't like Ben Hebert and just fire <laughs> through to the, to the board. Yeah, never do that. But... <laughs> You know, you you can do these little things that help speed up the game, uh, and especially with leads. Yeah, get in the hack while everyone's discussing, yeah. and the rocks are being kicked. And yeah, if you're a skip, get the hell out of there. Yeah, get, the, get hell the hell out of there. And you know what? For the leads, we'll push your one rock to you. You can just stand by the hack. We'll push the rock there. You can get ready, clean it while we're putting the others away. Yeah, be ready to go. Yeah, I think I think between ends shouldn't be longer than thirty seconds. Oh, absolutely not. Right. No, from no. the stone, uh, assuming no measure, from the stone coming to rest to the next shot being thrown. Right. I think you can do that in 30 seconds, unless it's close and you have to sort of look back and forth. Yeah, sure. If it's a close one. Yeah. Or fine. if all 16 or, rocks are play, maybe. Eh, maybe. But uh, like a measure, sure, I get a measure. Uh, okay. We want to make sure you know. But to, to me, like in in the club... Yeah, I don't only measure if it's very, very, very close. Yeah, my rule of thumb would be whichever team is losing gets the point. <laughs> that the losing team is closer. Just yeah. it makes the game more interesting. Unless, as was pointed out to me one Thursday night, if the winning team is closer, that will end the game, <laughs> <laughs> and it will. You know, it's the difference between shaking, shaking. and not shaking. Maybe then it's worthwhile measuring it. <laughs> Um, so, fair enough yeah. yeah that's fair enough that's fair enough so uh what else you got there so another one that I, I was thinking about now this might be unpopular and it's something that i'm not overly familiar with because i don't use a crutch mm-hmm. but mm. from what i can tell all crutches are the same they're they're yeah. all the exact same <laughs> i have been on on sheets where there are four crutches or player four players who use crutches so there's four crutches on the ice and each person insists on using their own crutch and unfortunately some players who use crutches have a tendency to forget the crutch at the other end so they would when it's their turn yell down to the skip to send them the crutch and then the skip would sort of run out to the hog line sort of slide Slide it down and like when there's a the exact same product on the boards so that, I, I don't know. I, let me know. You can tell us on Twitter if I'm way off on this. But just share crutches. Just, yeah. have, just have one or two at each end and you can share them. Yeah, that's, that's for sure a good point. When I played at the Royal Montreal Club, where the membership, I will say, was a bit grayer, <laughs> uh, there was one crutch at the end of each sheet for communal use. 
Okay. So that was there all the time. Anyone could use it if they wanted. Uh, People did definitely bring their own. You know, some people had made theirs out of wood. Uh, Good on, I guess. But uh, yeah, for sure. This, I honestly, I would ban using crutches at uh, high caliber events. Okay. I don't think anyone needs use a i'm sorry reed carruthers yeah, you don't you're need a big time shade at reed carruthers <laughs> a little bit yeah i mean i know he had knee surgery and that's why he went to it but uh, that was a while ago i figured it out <laughs> um but yeah like maybe each club just keeps one at each end on each of the sheets for use if you forget it just use one that's there yeah. they're all the same if you're using it you're probably not that good anyway so uh oh, more shade boy, real carruthers jeez well, the, the other thing too, I will extend this too to throwing brooms, right? A lot of teams yeah. and, and people have throwing brooms. They like the wood ones, uh, the wood hair brooms. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you're going to use them, again, at the club level, I don't necessarily get it, but fine. If you're going to, if that's what you learned on, that's what you're comfortable with, great. But you have to be conscientious of where that broom is at all times. All times. After your second throw, you have to take it down right away and put it on the other end boards. Mm-hmm. Like you can't wait until the next end to be like, oh, I need this broom. You're just wasting time. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to have special equipment like that, know where it is and don't waste our time going back and forth. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I'm going to piggyback on that just a little bit, Sean. I'm going to say the people who use, oh boy, uh, Sean had a little sneeze there. That happens. My apologies. Live radio. <laughs> Ain't nothing like it. <laughs> um, when when people, uh, you know, they, they'll take off their gripper uh, and they got to put it somewhere or their gloves, maybe if they're throwing. If you're the third, leave it at the other end. Yes. But, but after you've swept your, your fourth rock, leave that stuff down at the end because it, it takes more time for you to go back to the backboards and then you got to come all the way down the ice. This happened a couple of times uh, when I've been playing both here and out in Victoria and yeah, it just takes so long and it's unnecessary leave it. Or if you want to leave it uh, out by the hog line, I'm cool with that too. I do that all the time. Uh, We're lucky at our club. There's always a board on some side, but even if there's not a board, you can just leave it on the line. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, some people might say that you could trip on that, but potentially. eh. Yeah. I I mean, the the, the pushback of course is some people aren't comfortable sliding down the ice. So what I would say, no, it's true. Like what, like being yeah. upright, if you're not all that comfortable with your balance sliding, okay, right. If you're only comfortable sliding out of the hack, which some people are, and that's fine if you are, what I would say is, and I've seen this and I thought it was brilliant and also kind of strange for the execution of it. Oh yeah. But there's one player at, at the Ottawa club who has a carabiner on yeah. his belt and at the the heel, the top of the heel of his gripper, put in basically like a almost a washer. Like a grommet. Yeah, a grommet on that. And and he hooks it on to the belt. So when he throws, it's there for him. Right. Now what I think is weird about it is that he never puts his gripper on, <laughs> so I don't know why he needs it with him the whole time. But whatever. That's neither here nor there. But if you're uncomfortable sure. sliding and want your gripper there. So that you slide out and you put your grip run right away. That's an option that, again, won't slow down the game. Uh, sure. Yeah, I, I'll agree with you on that. Yeah. So, um, uh, moving on then. One of the other things 
that that I want to just make sure that we're clear about. If you're a front end player, shut up. <laughs> like, and as a front end player, I've been guilty of this before. Yeah, and I feel bad when I do it. But <laughs> sometimes I ask you to do it for me. It's true. <laughs> um, no, but if you're if you're a front end player, you really should not be involved in the strategy at all. Now, as the guys talked about on Rocks Across the Pond, if you're a new player and you're trying to learn, then that's good, right? You should be asking questions and, yeah. and talking with the third usually about it. Uh, oftentimes, though, some of that discussion can be saved for after a game, sure, so that things don't get slowed up. But but what bothers me the most. And this is straight up to Dave Sally's team. And I've seen other people do it. Front-end players yelling down to the other end, like in the middle of the end. Like I've seen the first shot of the game. A yes. team had a three-minute discussion about it. The first shot, first of, shot the of the game. game. And you shouldn't, you shouldn't be doing that. Your job is to sweep and support. If you are asked, then okay. But don't volunteer information that is not solicited. I hear you loud and clear, Sean. No, you don't, because you do this all the time. No, I do. I do. Um, and and I'm not going to defend that I do it. It's obviously I shouldn't, <laughs> right? Uh, because I skipped for such a long time, I, I know what sh- shots I can make. And I don't always know if our skip uh, has the same idea. Uh-huh. And sometimes I think like just peel, <laughs> right? And so in the case where it's the eighth end, and we're up, and they're putting center guards, I'll say, and he calls a come around. I'll say no peel, right? And yeah, no, yes. Sometimes, as I say, sometimes it's it's good, and sometimes it's okay. I I agree, and like if, but it shouldn't be a. It shouldn't regular be occurrence. No, no, it should not. It should not be common. Uh, and in the instance I'm talking about is when uh, all three of us at the other end are like, oh, he's going to call appeal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come around, what? Like, right. And that's part of what I talked about earlier, knowing the shots that your skip's going to call. So I'm ready in the hack. I, I've done my routine. I'm ready to go to throw appeal because I'm 90% sure that's what he's going to call. Yep. And then he called something different, and I said, "Whoa, okay, now I got to reset." And right. So, uh, but I agree with you that uh, it shouldn't happen, and I'm going to do my best. I'm making yeah. a pledge right here. I like it right here on the podcast. It's public record. Yep. Megan will listen to this. She will, and I will tell her I'm going to do my best to shut up this year, and I don't care if we lose all the games. We're right. gonna. I'm going to shut up. Right. And, and another thing too that I think is is part of this, and, and it, this isn't to be like confrontational, like oh shut up, like know your role sort of thing. Mm. But part of it is, for me at least, I found that it helps with the team dynamics. And yeah. I learned this because I, I played on a team for a while where we would do skip till you lose. So everyone mm. you know was in the house at various times and not in the house at various times. And the key to making that work was knowing what your role was that night. Yeah. When you were the lead, you were the lead, and you didn't say anything. And when you were the skip, then you're the skip, and then you're calling your the game. And I think it's it works for teams even that don't employ that skip-to-lose strategy that it's really good for the team dynamic if you don't have players who are just constantly questioning 
uh, what this and not not questioning, like almost doubting what the skip is doing. Yeah. Right? The skip. Uh, my general philosophy is that the skips skips call games, even if not consciously, to be able to throw the shots that they're most comfortable with at the end, and will call shots throughout the end that they're comfortable with. Yes. And that's how it goes. And sometimes you just deal yeah. with that. Yeah. And if you don't like it, like get another team. Really. Like. Yeah. At the or, end of the day, or just or hold hold it back and talk about it afterwards. When you don't have four people on the other side who have to stand there and listen to you. <laughs> yeah. And you can discuss the the strategy and what you were thinking and moving forward and how that all changes. Yeah. Right? There's time for discussion when it's not 11.15 on a Monday night and I'm freezing. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's why there's salt and pepper shakers on all the tables, right? So you can act out exactly. in situations. Yeah, and you have the beer glasses with the shakers. You yeah. you, you get enough eventually. Oh, yeah, 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 no doubt. Yeah, actually at the Rito Curling Club, in the middle of the table, there are actually rinks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the curling rinks, yeah. Ah, no way. Really? Yeah. Huh. I feel like I've been there before and had a couple beers. Maybe I just... Uh... Missed out. Well, there must have been very uh, fan- the fancy center pieces that oh, they put out for the men's spiel might have covered them. Might have covered them up. Yes, that's right, Sean. That's right. All right. Uh, did, do you have any more in mind? Specifics? Yeah. Specifically, no. That that was sort of my lists. You know, just always be moving, be getting ready, be aware of what's going on around you, mm-hmm. and just yeah, don't don't waste time. Yeah, and and for me, like I said, it's not the briar. You're not uh, uh, playing to win a championship out there. Maybe you're play, playing for bar bucks. All right, maybe you can take it a little more serious then. But no. uh, yeah, at the end of the day, what you're there for is to curl, and curling is fun if you're actually curling, not just standing out there. I agree. Right. So yeah, simple strategies. Uh, Maybe if you talk as a team before and say, hey, listen, we're not going to play any hits tonight. And, oh, okay, let's try it. Right? That's the time that it's, when it's time to try that sort of stuff. Right. Yeah. And, and just be aware of, of all that kind of stuff. And, and for me, too, one of the things that I was, I was thinking about when we were talking about the, the show or, or just talking about these ideas is that when I'm out on the ice, I'm not at work. Right. right. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not teaching my class. I'm not. I'm, I'm there for fun. Yeah. Right. You're I, choosing I, to be there. Yeah. It, it's that's. It's there for my recreation, and I don't want to. Certainly, I don't want to cause anybody else any stress or anything because it's their recreational time too, and I would expect the same courtesy back. So you know, th- and that's what it's all about. It's not. Obviously, it's not etiquette per se, but it fits into an etiquette yeah. thing. Like, just just be respectful of everyone's time, and, and we're all there to play and have fun. So let's play the game. Let's play the game. I and like there it. you have it. There you have it, Sean. Uh, I, I guess that's it. Yeah. So you can let us know what tips or ideas that you all have, and, and maybe there's things that clubs across the country or, or across the world, really, mm-hmm. that you have ideas or strategies that have been put in place to improve pace of play where you play. And you can let us know of any of those by yeah, email at gameofstonespodcast at gmail.com. You can find us too on Twitter at gameofstonespod. So just let us know if there's anything that we've missed, any ideas that you have. We would love to hear them. Absolutely. 
So you can also uh, find Scott on Twitter and Instagram at Game of Stone. No, that's that's the whole show. Scott is Instagram and Twitter at Scott Lakes TV. I'm on Twitter at Doctor Shawnee Fever. If you have not yet, please do subscribe to the show. Apple Podcast, Google, maybe it's there. Allegedly, Allegedly. someone found it. And uh, it's certainly on Stitcher, TuneIn, all those other places. Find the show. Please subscribe. Give us some likes and ratings and comments, all the good stuff to keep the show going. And we will be back with you next week as we continue our summer season. But until then, keep your brooms on the ice, play fast, and don't dump that intern. Make the final...